0: Welcome to the Ginghamsburg Podcast. After today's message, take a second to download the Ginghamsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Ginghamsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and
1: take the next step in your journey with Jesus.
0: So, no one told you life was going to be this way. Your job's a joke. You're broke. Your life, love life's DOA. It's always like you're stuck in what? Second gear. When it hasn't been your day, your week, your month. That's right. To be part of a church where you can just have fun. Yeah, I mean, isn't it awesome? These last several weeks, we've been looking at these holistic, whole health essentials faith, food, fitness, focus, and today, friends. I'll be there for you, right? We've discovered that, you know, we can't do this Jesus life alone. And sometimes you get to a section of the Bible that just so profoundly speaks to the theme of the day. Well, it feels like a one for one. And so, brothers and sisters, I want to invite you to open up your Bibles and your Bible apps. Turn with me to the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, chapter four. Ecclesiastes, chapter four. Now, the book of Ecclesiastes is considered a part of the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. And it's a really interesting book. When you read through it, uh, it's real, it's raw. Sometimes it's kind of on the brink of maddening. And you recognize when you're reading through it that it really is all about life's simple gifts. Written by, uh, thought to be written by King Solomon himself. uh, One who prayed for an extra dose of wisdom from God. And one of these simple gifts of life is friendship. Is relationship. So look with me at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 8 through 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 8 through 12. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, and yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. What did the scripture just tell us? He is a workaholic, right? From whom I am toiling, he asked myself. For whom am I toiling, he asked myself. Why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This is this too is meaningless. Ever been in a place of employment when suddenly you say, why on earth am I doing this to myself? Come on, yeah, scripture is real today. It's a miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls down. I can't help but think pity the fool, right? and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Here Solomon gives us some some wisdom when it comes to relationships and these incredibly beautiful word pictures, what we call metaphors. And the one I'm kind of drawn to the most is this picture of two people lying next to one another, keeping each other warm. Maybe because it's January in Ohio and it's freaking cold outside. (laughs) It has been miserably cold this week. Anybody else in your prayer time being like, sweet Jesus, just warm it up a little bit. (laughs) a Little bit, that's all I'm asking for, right? Do you realize that warmth isn't just something physical, it's also spiritual? When you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you radiate this warmth. There is this this light, this fire, and I love a good fire. There is this fire that radiates out of you. And not only do do you have this warmth, but you bring warmth to the people around you. Now sometimes in the Christian faith, we get this all wrong. We think, you know what, all I need is prayer and Jesus. It's all about me. Prayer and Jesus and a little bit of coffee, right? Wrong. Solomon is giving us, this wisdom saying, no, you need people. You need people in your life to stay spiritually warm. People need people. Say that with me. People need people. Boy, hasn't that been a lesson we've learned in this pandemic? It's absolutely amazing as I've like, experienced this This season that we're in, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was March and we were like three weeks in and we were like, we can do this together. You know, we're all rallying together, doing all the things that we can do. And then a few weeks turns into a month and we're like, wah, wah. And then a month turns into years and we're like, "Uh, I'm done, right? I mean, this is what it's been like. And in the midst of all of this pandemic isolation, we as human beings have kind of separated ourselves. Put in a dash of division, a little politics, your favorite news outlet, and before you know it, you hate humans, right? <laughs> it just happens. And it's fascinating. As I'm out and about talking to people, do you realize that even the most extroverted of people have forgotten how to people? They've forgotten how to people. To have small talk, to have honest, respectful conversation. But we're getting on We are Jesus followers. We are the kind of people that encourage everybody to be in relationship with God and other people. This is what we're about. Uh, We say that we invite all people to God's table for faith family food. But sometimes it's hard to invite people to the table. And I'm not just talking about inviting them into this room or to watch online. I'm talking about being in deep, authentic relationship with others. Because we were made for relationship. We were designed for friendship. A hey, friendship is plastered throughout the Bible. You have friendships like Elijah and Elisha, Ruth and Naomi. Many people know about King David and his friendship with Jonathan. But do you know about all the other friends that David had in Scripture? I mean, it's absolutely amazing to see all these friends, Abathar and Natash and Itta and even Hiram. I mean, this is Solomon's dad. Maybe, just maybe, Solomon gets his wisdom around friendship from the example of his father. And then there's Jesus. And Jesus has got this friendship stuff down pat. He's got like the 12 disciples that we all know about, but then there's so many others that Jesus is hanging out with. Mary and her sister Martha and their brother Lazarus and Mary Magdalene. At one point, there are like 72 disciples that he like sends out two by two always in deep relationship with other humans. And there's the Apostle Paul, Timothy, and Barnabas, and Silas, Priscilla and Aquila and Phoebe and many, many more others. Over and over again, pointing to deep friendship, deep relationship, people with a common mission and a common purpose. And we see this not only in the Bible, but through history, through themes in literature, throughout movies. Toy Story, Lord of the Rings. I mean, that is all about friendship. My best friend's wedding. Friendship, 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 friendship. Now one of my favorite, and perhaps you too, Rick Johnson, our favorite comic strips is Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have Calvin who has this amazing friend, Hobbes. He's a little like stuffed tiger that he totes around everywhere and they go on these adventures. The interesting thing about Hobbes, he's imaginary. Or maybe he's not. (laughs) He's imaginary. And when it comes to an imaginary friend, well, that person pretty much does what you say. Gets along with you pretty well. I mean, at least all the trouble ends at the end of the comic strip and everything's butterflies, rainbows, and sweet parades. But real relationship, real friendship, that's a whole other story. Sometimes those relationships become challenging. We get hurt, frustrated, upset, downright betrayed. Then what do we do? Pandemic isolation, a lack of connection, and then all of this hurt piled on top? How are we ever supposed to be in general a decent relationship with another human being? The struggle is real. And then the scripture reminds us, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls, who has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Brothers and sisters, do you hear it? It's the assumption that you're gonna fall down. It's the assumption that nights are gonna be cold and that you are gonna need people. People need people. Say it with me again. People need people. Here at Gingham Stork, we encourage everybody to be in a life group, a small group of people to do life with. So when life gets hard, when you fall down physically or metaphorically, you have people there to pick you up, to help you when you're struggling so that you do not do life alone. And it's not just for the bad stuff, it's for the good stuff too. They're there to celebrate with you when you experience a milestone. They're cheering you on in retirement. And when your kid finally graduates from diapers, they are celebrating with you, right? (laughs) I mean, they're there for you through the thick and the thin. But to have those kinds of relationships, those deep relationships with people, we gotta be humble. And we also have to be vulnerable. Wah, wah, No one likes the vulnerability word, right? What does it even mean to be vulnerable? Listen to the standard definition of vulnerability, and you'll know why we don't like it. The quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. Sounds like a parade, right? No one wants that. In other words, humility comes with a cost. That word vulnerability really is captured in that word exposed we don't want to be exposed to be our true selves to be our real selves so you know what we do we like put ourselves together put our highlights highlight reel on social media show up as someone other than we are all because we don't want to be vulnerable we don't want to be weak we don't want to see let people see the real us i mean this happens to me all the time Whether I'm like gonna go into a room of people or stand up on a platform, you know, I think to myself, I'm calculating. uh, How much of myself can show up today? 70%? 75%? Oh, sweet Jesus, you couldn't handle 95% of the real Rachel. Come on. I'm a lot to handle. There's a lot of interesting in here, right? You don't wanna know what your pastor really thinks. (laughs) Am I wrong? Mm-hmm, come on. Now, there are moments in my life where this this is just where it gets super real for me, that it's kind of the scariest, like when I'm going to my kids' events, like sporting events, wrestling tournaments, band competitions, and I have to interact with other parents. Oh, my goodness. I step in the room. I'm always Pastor Rachel. I'm always like, oh, my gosh, what I, what I gotta do? Who do I gotta be in this moment? I hate it. Why can't I just be... David's mom, or Topher's mom, or Addie's mom, or Sarah's mom. Why do I have to be Pastor Rachel? True confessions, just the other day, this was yesterday. I was at a wrestling tournament in Beaver Creek, and I think Topher must have been trying to get my attention until finally I heard, Pastor Rachel! <laughs> it was Topher, And I was like, oh crap. Man, that kid has my number. <laughs> He's gonna have to unpack that in therapy someday. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey. Right. It's terrifying. Who do we gotta be when we show up? And brother and sister, I imagine the same is true for you when you show up to a group of people. Maybe in your own home. Maybe not the pastor stuff, but all the other stuff. Can I be real? Can I be vulnerable? Can I share what's really going in my heart and my head? Can I share how messy I truly am, or do I just have to, like, put on a happy face? What if we gave each other permission to be our truest selves, to show up just as we are, messy and all, imperfections and all? One of my favorite authors and researchers, Brene Brown, said it this way, imperfections are not inadequacies. They are reminders that we're all in this together. Imperfections are not inadequacies. They are reminders that we are all in this together. We are only human after all. Do you realize that sometimes your imperfections are the source of liberation for other people? When you choose to show up as your real self, your selfiest self, your messy self, you actually give people the freedom to show up as themselves. And it's there in that place of vulnerability when you're being real When you're telling yourself the truth about yourself, that real liberation happens. Jesus said it this way, if you hold on to my teaching, you will know that they will know that you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You can't even get to the truth if you're not being truthful with yourself. The truth of Christ will only set you free when you open yourself up to who you really are and let Jesus do a work in you and through you. Jesus. You know that God-man who hurt when we hurt, wept when we wept, experienced all the challenges of being human after all? You know, people said some really crummy things to Jesus. I bet Jesus had a little bit of church hurt himself. We're going to experience the same thing. I don't believe for a second that Pastor Rachel is telling you that relationships are all wonderful because I'm telling you the opposite. Humans are going to be mean. You're going to get in relationships and even in the church where people are going to say stuff that is silly and hurtful. And yet, when we allow ourselves to be real and vulnerable, when we allow ourselves to be around other human beings, that's where transformation can happen. Jesus models this for us. Jesus is the friend of sinners. As we read through the gospel, we see real relationship after real relationship after real relationship. And Jesus used the most ordinary, messy of human beings to do the miraculous. Heal the sick, raise the dead, proclaim good news to the poor and the marginalized. And over and over and over again, those human beings said some really, well, silly things. Like Peter Who thinks he has the right answer and he's telling Jesus that he's not going to die and Jesus looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. That was a mess up. Or that moment where James and John, their mama is real proud of her sons and she goes to Jesus and says, I want you to put my sons in a place of honor. And Jesus looks at her and says, ma'am, that is not for me to decide. Or that moment where Judas thinks he has all the right answers and he sees that woman who pours out the perfume over Jesus' feet and he's like, she's wasted it. She's wasted this perfume. That money could have been, uh, that perfume could have been spent on the poor Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm getting ready to die, Judas. She's given me a gift. And all kinds of other very human, foolish human things that we say, the words just kind of plop out, don't they? We speak and then we think. And that's in the Bible over and over and over again. The Bible doesn't like censor any of that out. Praise the Lord. Because when we look at that, we say, oh my goodness, Jesus hung out with a ragtag group of disciples. And if Jesus can hang out with those disciples, Jesus can hang out with me. That I can be part of this movement that we call the body of Christ, the church, that we are in this together, that we are a hot, holy mess, but God doesn't keep us in our mess but redeems us and restores us and helps us to grow to become our true selves, our child of God's self. Somebody better say amen. amen. Amen, amen. We are a work in progress. We are an absolutely work in progress. One of my favorite scriptures is written by the apostle Paul, and he says it this way. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish. Not just a little finish, a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a work in progress. You're a work in progress, a good work in progress. And this is the deal when it comes to relationships. You know, Jesus helps you with those relationships, right? I mean, you can't do the relationship thing on your own. I don't know how people do relationships without Jesus. Because on my worst day, I want to blow some people up with my words. Anybody else, right? On my worst day. But then I'm reminded of Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount where he said, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Come on, Jesus. You can't be serious. That you may be children of your father in heaven who causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward would you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you only greet your own people, snap. <laughs> what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Sometimes we human types like to say, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like, if I just get people on my side, gather a posse, have a group that, that believes and thinks and does what I do, then I'm going to be all right. But Jesus is telling us the opposite love your enemy, pray for those who persecute you. Jesus, you can't really mean that. People are mean, and especially in the season we find ourselves in. Jesus. Please tell me it's not so. Jesus is serious. He's inviting us to live a different way. I mean, this is a revolutionary thought, that there's another way to live, not in our silos, not in our division, but a Jesus way, a third way to experience God's kingdom on, heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. This is what we're serious about here at Ginghamsburg. That's why we've been trying to give people tools in their toolbox to have really hard conversations. People who don't agree on many things. You know, just the other day, someone said to me, hey, pastor, tell me more about that faith family food thing. Inviting everybody to the table. Do you really mean everybody? I'm like, yeah, we're serious. Like everybody, yeah. Black, white, male, female, cisgendered, LGBTQ+. And not just that, but, but if you come to this church, you're going to find people who are on very different sides of the political aisle." We got red ones and blue ones and even green ones and some other colors I don't even know, right? All here worshiping the same God. Why? Because we understand what our issue is. Our issue is Jesus and everything else is a conversation. Our mission is the the mission of Jesus and everything else is a conversation. And if we're actually gonna be Jesus following people, we can't get caught up in all that other business. So we're gonna be engaging in peacemaking practices. Leaning in next week, this launches us right into a new series, Freely Disagree. Are you serious, Pastor? Yep, Freely Disagree. Because we gotta teach one another how to freely disagree and not tear each other up peacemaking practices. Do you remember what they are? Ask anything. Listen well. Freely disagree and love regardless. Ask anything. Don't you wish you just had people that ask the real questions out loud? Just ask them. Ask anything. Listen well. There's a reason that God gave us two ears and one mouth. Freely disagree. That's where we're leaning in. And love regardless because love is the answer. The God of the universe became one of us, flesh and blood. He lived our life. He died our death. He rose for our sake. Jesus Christ became one of us. That's how much God loves us. And if love is the solution to our world's problems, why on earth would we not think it's the solution to our relational brokenness? Love. Love. So let me ask you a question. Who are you doing life with? Who's there for you when you're fallen down? Who have you given permission, vulnerable, real permission, to speak the truth in love into your life? Paul says it this way, Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in What? We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. We will grow, transform, change together to be the mature body of Christ. That is the church if we're willing to hear and receive the truth and love. Friends, I am so proud of this young group or this group of young people that have gotten themselves together because they are so passionate about following Jesus Christ, they just keep inviting people over. They call themselves the Yams. Isn't that interesting? They call themselves the Yams, and they gather every other week for Life Group. This is their story.
1: My name is Aaliyah, and I am a part of the Yams Life Group. It is a group of young adults that meets on Tuesdays in our homes. Having Uh, people that I can come to to talk about um, what is troubling, what's hard in life, but also kind of what I'm learning from God and from myself and from being involved in the church that kind of just like encourages me and keeps me inspired to do what I'm doing. We share what is going on in our lives, what's going on in our day. When uh, someone is having something to celebrate, we celebrate with them. When someone is struggling with someone, we kind of be there in that situation with them. Sometimes it just feels more real when you get to talk it out with others who who get it. And even if they don't get it, are empathetic to where you are and where you stand kind of thing. In a church our size, it's hard to uh, see where you fit or where you belong. And with life groups, you get that really personal level of people that are in the same place as you, like face-to-face kind of, this is what I want out of life. This is where I want to go. And it's nice to be in a big church because of the wide impact we can have, but the small groups give a personal impact to, to your life and your family's life.
0: It is, isn't it amazing to know that we have a group of 20 somethings who are gathering together to study the Word and to grow in their faith? So grateful for that. Yeah. We need friends. We've learned over the years here at Ginghamsburg that something happens when we are gathered around tables or in an online Zoom class that just can't happen when we're just sitting here listening to a preacher preach. You can grow in your relationship with God. And so I want to encourage you, if you're part of a life group, to really lean into this Freely Disagree series, to have the hard conversations over the course of the next four weeks. But if you're not in a life group, go to ginghamsburg.org lifegroups. There we have all the opportunities that we have that are open for you to join a group right now. Get yourself connected. On February 23rd in this building, we're gonna have a life group mixer. For those of you who just even don't know where to start, not sure what kind of group you even wanna be a part of, 6.30, it's a Wednesday night. We're gonna have appetizers and mocktails. That's right, we're a part of a church, mocktails. And so, (laughs) come, have fun, eat some food, get to know some new people. Don't do life by yourself. Because life's gonna get hard. You're gonna fall down. The night is gonna be cold. You're gonna get that phone call that you know that loved one has passed away. You need those people who bring food when you've had a bad day. You need that person to pray over you when your kid is in crisis. You need someone in your life where you can just be yourself, your selfiest self. Brother, sister, when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year, they'll be there for you. Throughout this series, we've been looking at our whole selves, our faith, our food, our fitness, our focus, and our relationship, our friends. Realizing that God of the universe created us as whole human beings and loves every single bit of us. And so today, this is what I wanna do. I I wanna encourage you to stand, and we're gonna pray one last time, this prayer of surrender, penned by our grandpa and the faith stand. Uh, Let's extend our hands out as a sign of surrender and vulnerability. Let's pray this together with boldness. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you, praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth Let it also be made in heaven. Amen and amen. Brothers and sisters, I love you. God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you'd like more people to hear it, You can give a financial gift through the Ginghamsburg app or online at ginghamsburg.org.